Okay, okay. Leo just makes you feel good about yourself. That's nice. I feel like that's a youth pastor specialty. It's good. Oh, good morning. Uh, you guys, winter. Why, why, why? This morning, it makes sense to me. I'm preaching a message about like humility and servanthood. So of course, I got stuck behind the three plow lineup on my way here. You know that one? <laughs> You're like, this is my life now. This is where I live, behind these plows. Uh, so you did it. I'm really happy. They, uh, you're like beating the 9 a.m. service. They were all here like 9.25-ish. So we're already, we're already doing better. Yeah, yeah. Julie's here. Julie's here. This is good. Well, yeah, my name is Cassie Smith. Um, I'm the kid's pastor. <laughs> you sat in front of her. Just be aware. Now it's time to move. <laughs> okay. Um, I am preaching. I'm preaching today in our series called Investing in the Kingdom. I like those words. Those are good words to me. Last week, Tommy preached a message about investing in our community, but like outside of this church. And uh, next week, Tom, uh, John will preach the last installment of this series, and his message will be about uh, serving globally as soon as he gets back from Mexico. Yes, we're all very happy for John in Mexico. I'm not... I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. Uh, but my message today, I get the best one. I get the best one because I get to talk today to us in this context right here about why and how we do what we do when we serve in a local church body, specifically when we serve at Mercy. How are we doing this? How does it function? Why do we bother? And what does Jesus have for us in it? Okay, so um, ooh, I printed accidentally my message on cardstock, and it is just popping. You guys, this is, you don't care, but I think it's really exciting to look at it. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. Okay, so, so what happened? Here's the deal. They were like, let's talk about serving at Mercy, and I was like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll pitch some volunteers. Let's go, baby. Like, we, we want people to serve here. And after I wrote that first version of the message that was pretty much just like an anxiety-driven plea <laughs> for help, I was like, that's not it, Jesus. <laughs> that's not it. And God redeemed that message, which is good news for you because now you get a better message uh, about what hope and serving really looks like. And I got the reminder I need that like, wow, serving functions in a really powerful way in our lives. That serving is about doing something really powerful. And I was like, Jesus, give me some of that. I want some of that for me, for my teams, for this church. And so uh, as we go to the text today, yeah, I need you to know that uh, I got big dreams for what kind of church we could be if we received this. And also, I just need you to know, I printed, I did a database, went to the database, printed a list of all, of all the people serving here. And I have never really been emotionally moved by a spreadsheet before. <laughs> But, but I'm looking at this list and I was just overwhelmed with gratitude for the people who serve here and who have been serving here, especially in kind of a, a tricky season of church life for us. So I want to right now, thank you. Thank you for the people who, who show up here and serve. I hope today you get kind of some fresh life breathed into to what you're doing. We appreciate you. Man. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 5 together. Will you, will you pray with me? Yeah, Father, we, we are here for what you have for us. We are here for everything that we can get from the text. We are here for everything that you want to speak to us. We, we say, here we are, Jesus, use us and like do something in us, do something inside of us. And we want you to be, you want, we want you to be the driver of who we are as a church, who we are as a people. And we love you. Amen. All right. Here we go. Luke chapter 5. This is probably a familiar story. 
I really love the familiar stories because every time I go back to them, like something else, I just juice something else out of them. And so this has worked that way. Uh, this is when, when Jesus is going to do some, some work today with Simon, Simon Peter. Okay, and I'm going to call him Simon today because he is in the beginning stages of his walk with Jesus. And uh, there is some good stuff for us in the beginning of his story. All right, let's read verses one through three. Uh, the crowd is pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word. He was standing by Lake Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, uh, if you're into geography. He saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them, and they were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and he was teaching the crowds from the boat. Okay, so, so we're, studying, we're setting the stage, and Jesus is preaching uh, by the lake, you know, he, he's preaching by the lake, actually, because he's had some rough experiences recently with preaching at church <laughs> or at the synagogue or at the temple. Last time he was at the temple, the devil was trying to throw him off of it. Remember this one? And then he went to a synagogue and he preached there and they tried to throw him off a cliff. Uh, good. So Jesus is moving. He's changed locations. This seems wise. <laughs> he's going to go where people want to listen to him. And if that's by a lake, that's by a lake. And he sees a boat. And I love this. Jesus is low maintenance. I love this. And so he gets in the boat and he sees Simon and he just says, hey, would you, would you be willing to put out a little bit? Now, there is a reason that, that the boat was empty. Okay, the boat is empty and sitting on the shore because Simon and his crew, they are done for the day, right? Fishermen are night shift workers. Are there any of you in the room right now? God bless you. Okay, yeah, okay. It's night shift workers. It's a rough gig. They are night shift workers. You fished at night on the Sea of Galilee for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, and, and so when Jesus catches Simon, he's catching him right at the end of his day. Uh, for a while, I lived with a sister who's a night shift worker. And I can just I tell you this, I did not ever have the courage to ask her at 8 a.m. when she's walking in the door, hey, can you do some manual labor for me? Like, <laughs> I don't have the guts that it requires to do that. But Jesus is not scared. Jesus is not scared. Jesus sees Simon and he's like, hey, man, get in the boat. Okay, now they, they know each other. This is not like random stranger meeting. Uh, recently, Simon, his mother-in-law had a fever and was really sick, and, and Jesus healed his mother-in-law. And so this is not a first encounter. They're familiar. But I still wonder what Simon's uh, response would have been to, I know you're cleaning up and trying to go home. How about get in the boat? Okay, remember, this is Simon Peter who goes on to be the high priest ear cutter. You know this guy? I don't know if like it's in his nature as a fisherman to be like particularly submissive and helpful and generous with his time. I don't know. I like to think that perhaps Simon was kind of uh, just reciprocating from something from Jesus. Which, by the way, first century Jews were way cooler about reciprocal, like that nature of a reciprocal relationship than we are. We get a little weird about it, like it's manipulative, like you scratch my back and we're all like, oh. They were not. They would have been totally cool. You healed my mother-in-law. Fine, I'll get in your boat. Yes, I'm tired, whatever, okay? He's in the boat. Uh, and while he's in the boat, right, Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching. Simon's just rowing, however you keep a boat from like going away so everybody can hear him. Simon's doing his work. And, and I think if we pay close attention to what is happening in the boat, three things at least are happening. One, Simon is just physically using what he's got at that moment. His skills as a fisherman, his, uh, his own boat, it's his boat, right? His own, his own time, his own energy. He's just sitting there doing the work, okay? Material stuff. Uh, second thing, which you kind of have to think about, he is, he's got a front row seat to Jesus as Jesus is doing ministry. He's right there. 
He's seeing all this. Whatever Jesus is preaching to this crowd, Simon's got best, best years for. Third thing, which again, I don't know that this is on Simon's radar, he is actually making a way for Jesus to proclaim the kingdom of God to a group of people. Okay, he is making that possible. And now, I think it might be a little irrelevant how into this thing Simon was at this point. I think Jesus made an ask of him, he got in the boat, and the kingdom of God is outworking right there. Okay, has anybody, have you ever said a yes to that? Have you ever said a yes like that? I can tell you, here's my first, here's my first uh, serving yes uh, when I was in middle school. I was 12 years old. Uh, I got to be, I got to be the projector person, like the overhead projector. Yeah, anybody? Yes, let's hear it, projector team. Oh, so good. Uh, I was, uh, I was good, you guys. Like they, you print the transparencies right, and I would type them up on a typewriter. Yeah, I did. And uh, I'm older than y'all think I am. So I printed on the typewriter, and if you were like really good, you would move it up and down, right, so that the verse we were currently on was at the top of the screen. You tracking with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you were like extra super good, you'd make it nice and big, and then you would switch sheets in the middle of songs, and that's when you knew you were something. I was, I was proficient, people. So this, this is my, this is my like first regular serving gig. And to be like full transparency, it's my dad's church. So he was like, Cassie, do the thing. And I was like, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't moving to me. It wasn't moving. It was like, okay. But there was a day, I do remember this very clearly, little 12-year-old Cassie was like, oh, when I put these, these words on the screen, people can sing. If I didn't put the words on the screen, People wouldn't know the words to the song and people couldn't sing. Like that was the best theology little 12-year-old Cassie had. This is doing something because now people are invited into something with me. Okay. Some of us, right, some of us are like in a place where our next step is just row the boat. Just get in. Just get in and row the boat. You don't have to feel good about it. You don't. You don't have to feel good about it. You don't have to feel moved by it. You don't have to do any of that. But, but there's, a, there's an ask out there that's just sitting in plain view, and you can do kingdom work even if you don't feel jazzed about it. Personal opinion. I think Jesus is okay with Simon's yes, even though he maybe didn't feel like it was like a super special yes. Right? You with me? You done this? You ask your kids to do it. I know you do. We ask people to do this, right? So, so I'm just asking of us to consider what is the easy ask, okay? Uh, because it's easy, because it's easy or simple, does not mean it is insignificant. Does not mean it doesn't matter. And I want to point out, this is just the tiniest of beginnings in Simon's story. All right, this is just a tiny, tiny beginning. Okay, uh, let's keep going. I'm going to read verses 4 and 5. So Jesus is he's teaching. When he finishes speaking, he says to Simon, put out in a deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Okay, so the first time I read this text, well, for this message, uh, I totally put on my like Bible reader voice. You know this voice when you're reading a text and you're like, put out into deep water. Right? And then he goes, Master, I've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. You know, <laughs> does anybody else do this where you're like, oh, Bible voices. And that is not at all how this conversation would have gone. Right? This is Simon Peter ear cutter. 
this is the fisherman who just worked the night shift, who's really tired, and he's cleaning his nets up, and now Jesus has, like, just asked him to, number one, row the boat, and now Jesus wants a little more. I, I do not believe that Simon's tone was, I've worked hard all night long, but I've, no, I think Simon was like, hey, man, like one, one inland carpenter who doesn't know how to fish, this is not how fishing works. Man, this is not how fishing works. Fishing in the Sea of Galilee, you did not do during the day. You did it at night. You did it by the shore. You did it, uh, you did it in, by the shore because that's where the food is. You don't do it in the middle. Fish can see nets during the day. There's all the, Jesus, Jesus, you're not a fisherman. Okay, you're not a fisherman. Also, Jesus, and uh, this attitude is familiar to me, do you remember how I just like spent the last however much time like rowing your boat so you could preach? Like maybe what you mean, Jesus, is thank you. Do you know this? I, it's not my favorite attitude that I sometimes possess, but that is an attitude that shows up in me. Like, I just did the thing, Jesus. I just did this other thing for you, and now you're asking me for something else. But then he goes, at your word, I will let the nets down. At your word. And he calls him master. The word he uses is, is epistates, which means, which means teacher, but which also could mean, like, boss or chief. That's a little different tone, isn't it? Hey, boss. All right, we worked all night, but I will take you at your word, and I will get in this boat, and I'll put you out. Okay, now, (laughs) grumpy people in the room. I know I'm not the only one. I have a natural tendency towards grumpiness. I know my smile is misleading. Nobody ever believes me, and then you know me a little, and you're like, oh, but yeah. He was grumpy, and he took Jesus at his word, and he did it anyway. Okay, now, there is something going on here. I I can tell you this. Three years ago, three years ago, I was sitting kind of right in that zone. Look out over there. I don't know. And I heard, as clear as I've ever heard Jesus say anything to me, you're going to work here someday. And I was like, okay, okay. And there have been times in the last two years since I started working here where I needed to know that the reason I said yes to coming to work here is because I took Jesus at his word. Okay, if you are serving because because you're in that first stage ask and you're just kind of doing it, but because it's what Jesus asked of you, keep doing that. Okay, if you're serving somewhere, and I hope you're not on my kids' team, where you feel like you just did it for other reasons that didn't relate to Jesus, get out. Stop doing that. Okay, because Jesus actually cares. Jesus actually cares that the reason you serve is for him. People love to ask me how they can help me. And I know they're well-intentioned. And if you've done this, I really love you. (laughs) But like, how can I help you, Cassie? How can I help you? And there's something in me that's like, yes, I appreciate that. But oh, I'm failing as a pastor. Because you are not helping me when you serve in Mercy Kids. You are not doing that. That You are helping Jesus. And he doesn't even need our help. He invites us to be part of what he's doing in a kingdom way. You guys, I'm really, yeah. I'm glad you're with me today because this is a big deal. Anyway, so yeah, Jesus is saying to Simon, just try. And Simon says, at your word. And he goes, okay, if you're grumpy, if you're tired, that's okay. But there is no substitute, right, for knowing that you're doing something at Jesus' word. And there's no substitute for just rowing yourself out there. This is how Simon's story begins. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on. Verse 6 and 7. When they did this, 
They actually rode out there, even their grumpy selves. They caught a great number of fish, and their nets began to tear. So they signaled like a wave or something to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came, and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Okay. This is crazy, right? This is crazy. We, I wonder if like on the way out there, Simon's train of thought was something like, okay, we'll see. We will see, man. Let's go out there. We'll throw the stinking nets in. We'll see what happens. We can get home and get on with our day. And he throws them in the first time. And oh boy, something's happening, right? Oh boy. And he starts pulling and he's done this. He's done this over and over hundreds of times. But what's happening today is, is an overflow of his expectations, of his dreams, of his track record, of his history, of his idea of what is even possible, all of this stuff is starting to tear open. Okay, could you imagine? I, I, well, one, I don't know if I actually want to imagine this, kind of grosses me out, like <laughs> just overwhelming fish everywhere. But, but things are shifting, things are breaking for Simon, okay? And he starts fishing and fishing, and then something essential happens, right? Something, lots of things are happening around him, outside of him. And then in this next moment, he starts to think about what's going on in here. Okay, something essential moves from outside of him to inside of him. And let's, let's read verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, get away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons who were Simon's partners. Hmm, this is so good. Can you, it, I like to imagine, I like to like see the story and like, I like to smell the story. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like I'm standing right now in a fishing boat, just knee deep, just knee deep in floppy fish and it's wet and I'm sweaty and I'm hot and I'm probably confused and, uh, and things, are, things are happening all around me. And, and I, I mean, like not to be too graphic with you, but what's happening for the fish <laughs> is that the flopping starts to slow down, right? <laughs> like the, right, the fish, the fish start to die. And we're like five minutes ago, I had this really amazing story. Now I'm just like surrounded by dead fish in a boat, little carcasses everywhere. Ugh, it won't get grosser than that, but just dead fish everywhere. And, and I think what's happening here is something is also dying inside of Simon. Okay, categories that used to work for him about who Jesus is and what he does have died. They don't count anymore. They're not any good. His religious understanding of, of what it means to be a sinner and in the presence of someone holy is dead. It doesn't work anymore. Okay, he's saying no to all of the, we're probably thinking back to that conversation. Okay, master, we'll try it. He's th all of this stuff he has to put down. He has to let it die. Because what once was material in Simon's mind, a matter of fish, is no longer material. There's something bigger going on, something deeper. And the work that he's been doing, he's starting to see as just an indicator that a whole other reality is working at the same time. Okay, and this reality has to do with Simon walking into a whole new way of understanding both himself and who Jesus is. Okay, this go away from me thing, this go away thing. This is, this is the first time he says, I'm a sinful man. And this is the first time Luke uses that word sinner. And right, Luke, who, bo who wrote both the book of Luke and the book of Acts, this is his whole message, that Jesus came to seek and save sinners. He came to seek and save the lost. And I think in this moment, Simon has just realized, holy cow, they're talking about me. I am the lost. 
I am the sinner and you, you somehow have put me in a place where I'm starting to understand that this is about me. And when he talks to Jesus this time, he doesn't call him boss or chief. He calls him curious. He calls him Lord. Okay, I don't know if you've had an encounter like this where like something big happens around you, outside of you. Um, and there's a moment, there's a moment for me that, that always happens when I see like a Jesus-y thing go down. Uh, and I, I'm quick to think, I'm quick to think, I'm quick to talk, quick to do a lot of things. Uh, usually that gets me into trouble. But when Jesus-y things happen, and I'd stop, I just shut up for a minute. <laughs> There's always a moment where I, I'm aware of a space inside of me. And this is going to sound like real, I, I don't know how else to say it, but I need to try to explain to what I'm feeling. There's this space inside of me, and it feels empty, but it feels empty in the right way. It feels a little bit like when I can acknowledge that there's something in me that's empty, that is a space that's just for Jesus to exist in, to be in. Right, when I see Jesus do cool things out here with my eyes, something inside of me just knows that he is. And when you talk about knowing Jesus as your Lord, I think that's what we're getting at. Something that says, whatever is going on out here that, I, that is amazing or, or is shaking up my life, there's also something you want to do, Jesus, just with letting me know in here who you are and who I am. Right, to be aware that I am the sinner in this situation, that I am, I am not the Lord, is a pretty good indication that Simon is starting to put into perspective what kind of relationship he has with Jesus. Um, yeah, it, tos, it totally feels rational to me that Simon's response would be like, get out of here with that, because that's scary. Right, get out of here. And so what Jesus says to him is, don't be afraid. Okay, don't be afraid. Jesus tells Simon in verse 10, from now on, you're going to be catching people. They brought the boats to land, they left everything, and they followed him. Okay. I think Simon's got a story, right? We all have a story. Simon's religious past has been talking to him about what it means to be a sinner, about how that disqualifies you from being that close to someone holy. Uh, it's telling him that Jesus has no business doing this here with him. What Jesus is doing is bigger than him. See, Simon was okay with, like, I'll row the boat. He was okay with, I guess, because you told me to, I'll go out and paddle. But now Jesus is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is totally an insufficient way of us being. You have no idea how much I want to do in you and through you. You have no idea. I don't know where those came. Sorry. There's the tears, folks. Right? Jesus would say to you, you have no idea what kind of adventure we can go on if you say yes, if you're willing to row this boat with me. Jesus, Jesus is the other thing I love. Jesus took what was best about Simon Peter, right? He said, hey, you're a fisherman. I'm gonna let you fish, and I'm gonna let you fish, not for these fish. Remember, we're sitting, we're still in the middle of a dead fish pile. Like, dead fish everywhere, and Jesus says, look, at this is not it for you, Right? Low expectations of your life, that's not it for you. I want to do more with you. I want you to know that I am your Lord, that I am here with you. I want you to go catch people, not unto death like these fish. I want you to catch people unto life. Okay? When Jesus offers us the chance to do that with him, 
Sometimes it looks like just saying yes to getting in the boat. Sometimes it looks like saying yes to the bigger, riskier thing that Jesus asks you to do. Go paddle into the middle, I don't know. Sometimes in this season of weird transitions at church, I feel a little bit like I'm sitting on a boat in the middle of the night. Where are the fish at? I don't know. And something about Jesus, Jesus is saying, let's go. Let's see what's next. And some of us are in that place where we need to say, I am ready to like let some, some nets get torn up in my life. Where I think I have an idea of the size of what Jesus has for me, I'm going to say maybe there's more. Maybe that's bigger. Okay, and here's, here's the real deal. Simon's story, if you, if you know Simon's story, <laughs> this is just a tiny old piece of the pie. Simon, who becomes Simon Peter, is going to go with Jesus and do just banana stuff. He's going to see Jairus' daughter raised. He is going to, he's going to hang out with Jesus all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane and be there in his, in his darkest, saddest moments. He is going to witness the transfiguration. And then he's going to go on. Once Jesus leaves, he's going to go on and he's going to be, be a rock that Jesus builds a church on. And I think that that moment is where we got we to gotta step in. We got to take our place, church. Because when we say yes to Jesus, like Simon did, when we say, yep, I'll row the boat, what we are doing is we are acknowledging that there is a future kingdom that is not here yet, and we want it to be. Okay, we make this reality around us look like the kingdom by doing the work of the kingdom. I just read this the other day. Like 40% of Americans say they're lonely. That is an astounding number, over age 18, like somewhere around 40%. So when we serve in small groups, when we hand somebody a cup of coffee, when we make a connection with somebody, when we come together as a community, we aren't just doing coffee in connection and smiling. We are fighting a battle that says, I believe the kingdom reality that is not all the way here yet could be. And I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna work towards it and I'm gonna be part of it until the day that it's all the way here. Okay, we, being a Christian is not a, it's not a small ask. It is a big deal. It's a big deal to, to like serve and mercy kids and like let a kid know that you just enjoy them. Sure, it's two hours, once a month. Okay, sure, you could think of it as a small ask. Or you could think of it as like, I'm letting a kid know that the God of the universe enjoys them. That is fighting a kingdom battle. Okay, we, we as Christians, we gotta believe that when Jesus says, come serve with me, it's not just because there's work to do. I, Jesus could have found somebody else to row that boat. He could have. He said, hey, Peter, you want to be part of this? Do you want to be part of this? Do you want to get in on this game where we, like, fight battles that say reality is too hard and too dark and too much and that we, like, lean people into the future? We drag the future kingdom of God here to us? We can do that. Okay, we can do that. And, it, and it's, not, it's not, I don't know, there's a part of me that's, like, cynical. That's like, okay, do I just, am I just spinning? Am I just spinning? And that's the choice right there. It's not spinning. Do you believe that or not? Do you believe that the future kingdom of God is coming to earth and that we are the ones who get to be part of it? Decide. Okay, decide. Man, um, yeah, really practically, I forgot to do this at the last service. I was like, you should be serving. And I didn't tell people like how they could do it. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you. If you, if you want to serve, if you want to do this with us, with this body of believers, and right, people, man, there have been faithful volunteers serving here. Such faithful volunteers in seasons of transition. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when I feel like quitting, I, I get my volunteer list out and I, the gratitude just overwhelms me for people who are bought into this idea that together we can do this. We can like bring God's kingdom right here to Minneapolis. 
So if you want to do that, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Practically, you can talk to any pastor. You can go to the website. It's a little tricky. You've got to go to the contact page and then volunteer. Uh, you can go to the app. You can email somebody. Don't, like, consider this your ask. Okay? I know, I know there's, like a, there's a part of me that's like, well, nobody ever asked me. I'm asking right now. I'm asking. Okay? This is it. Don't wait for a sign. Okay? Um, <laughs> it says, Sign. Sign. Okay. Uh, yeah. We can do it. I believe this, guys. I believe that, that kingdom work is for others and it's for you. Sometimes I serve until I remember that Jesus is Lord. And that means that he's not just Lord of my heart, of my dreams, of my desires. He's also Lord of my time and my money and my energy. And sometimes you tell your body first and then your, your, body, your brain and soul catch up. And I think serving has worked for me like that. You do it. You do it until you remember that Jesus is doing something in you too. Okay, I want to I wanna read a prayer for us. This is, this is Ted Loader. Anybody know uh, Gorillas of Grace? So good. It's not Gorillas like, oh, it's uh, Gorillas EU. Is it UE? I don't know. Spelling. Uh, anyway, but it's, it's the kind that's like, we're fighters. We're fighters of grace. We're fighters of grace. And he wrote a, he wrote a poem that I want to read, prayer, that I want to read and pray for us. And then uh, we will invite the worship team to come on up while I'm doing that. So I want to ask, yeah, would you, would you receive this prayer and like whatever about it that's true, say yes to as you, as you hear this, okay? It's called Bring More of What I Dream. And so God, we, we, we pray this right now. God, who out of nothing brought everything that is, out of what I am, bring more of what I dream but haven't dared. Direct my power and passion to creating life where there is death, to putting flesh of action on bare-boned intentions, to lighting fires against the midnight of indifference, to throwing bridges of care across canyons of loneliness, so that I can look on creation together with you and behold, call it very good, through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Okay, well, what is going to happen is we're going to do some worship together. Uh, a, an offering basket is going to pass at some point. If you're a first-time guest here, this is our gift to you. Only give if Jesus is telling you to. Otherwise, please feel no obligation. Um, in the four corners of the room, there is communion. Grab, a, grab somebody by you. Take communion with somebody if you, can, if you can find somebody. If you came alone and you want to take communion with somebody, I'll hang out over there. Uh, and we will, we will enter worship together, we'll sing some songs, and then there's going to be a time for ministry and prayer at the end.